Hi, you are listening to the Life in Paradise podcast with your host Brandon Harper. Let's go, Brandon. Welcome back to another episode of Life in Paradise podcast with me, your host Brandon Harper. I will say that I'm kind of glad that the whole "Let's go, Brandon" thing is over. You don't know how much. It sucks to hear that over and over and over and over again, unless your name is Brandon. Thanks for coming back to another episode of Life in Paradise podcast. It's nice to know that I have not been fired since the last episode you listened to. I'm just a regular dude with a regular job and lots and lots of opinions. So I come here about every week or so to get them off my chest. Some you'll agree with, others you won't, and I am perfectly okay with that. The world would be a boring place if we all agreed about everything all the time. I think it's okay to joke about our differences. And most importantly, I feel like it's okay to disagree as long as we're not disagreeable. And if there's one thing you need to know about me, it's that I do not do pre-recorded intros. I do, however, have a bunch of good clips of people that I've amassed from my years of doing this. And it's a miracle that I've been able to keep them all together, but I'm building quite the bank of funny clips. How you like them apples, boy? But you didn't come here to hear me talk about funny clips. You came here to get my take on what's happening in the world. And no matter what, I cannot keep my intros below a minute. I'm already at two minutes. Whatever. Sit back, relax, and let me control the Chinese spy balloon for about the next 30 to 45 minutes. Man, what a day it is. It is February 5th, 2023, sometime in the afternoon, and man, I couldn't ask for better weather. Today, I've been outside, I've been doing chores, I've cleaned and organized my garage. It's clear blue, mid-70s. Man, I would give a lot to have this year-round, but I would not move to California. It's one thing I would not do, because I honestly think that in California... Their opinions are about 180 degrees different from mine. And that's not what I have the problem with. I don't have a problem with people having different opinions. I have a problem with people who can't express their opinions without being ugly, as my grandmother used to say. Now, I love it when old people call, when they, when they, instead of using like the word mean or rude, they use the word ugly. She's just being ugly. <laughs> you don't hear that anymore. These are the... The phrases and sayings that are going to go away and they're going to die off and we're going to forget about them and we'll have to we'll have to read about them on the next version of the internet because people who use them will be gone. But anyway, yeah, I don't think I could live in California because they they would be so diametrically opposed to hearing what I think that they would hate my guts. And anyone knows me, anyone who knows me knows that I have a hard time keeping my opinions to myself. But unlike a lot of people, I don't get too emotional when I talk about differing opinions. I used to. I'm not going to ignore that. I used to get all worked up and bit out of shape. And then I realized there's no reason for doing that. You won't change the way anyone feels. I've got a really close friend of mine who's 
you know, <laughs> throughout my life, I've found myself closer to older guys to, to be more typical than being closer to younger guys. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe I have what's called an old soul. I don't know. But I got a friend of mine who's in his early 70s. And he told me the other day, he said, man, I really appreciate you, you know, expressing your opinions because him and I have some different opinions on, on a few things, but we agree a lot on a lot of things. And he said, man, I, I really appreciate the fact that you can disagree with me about this stuff and, and you don't get worked up. And he said, you know, admittedly, I get worked up and I get mad and I've seen it before. We've all been there. You know, we have a heated discussion about something that, that we're passionate about. And you get all fired up, and her voice starts changing tones. And, you know, it can happen to me every now and then on the podcast. But when I'm face-to-face with someone, I'm looking them in the eye. I'm respectful. You know, I, I don't think there's a problem with joking around and poking fun of people if you're willing to say it to their face. And if you're not willing to say something to someone's face, maybe you shouldn't say it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm an angel. I've never said anything on here that I, that I wouldn't say to somebody's face. Because maybe I have. We, we all we all slip up. You know, sometimes I get lost in the moment and I'm rambling and I don't even know that I'm recording. But I think it's okay to, to joke generally, you know, speak generally about people and groups. As long as you can admit that it doesn't, it doesn't harbor outward animosity, right? The fact that I can get up here and joke about Sheila Jackson Lee and Jesse Jackson, I think it's important to, to realize that just because I joke about these people doesn't mean that I hate them or want to see bad things happen to them. You know, that's that's the difference that I think people don't realize about humans is that even on Twitter and all these platforms, people get so mad and they rage and they spew anger. We haven't gotten to the point yet where it's affecting how they act. But I do think that we're heading that direction. And I've talked about this before, but I think one day... We will see that the behavior that we see online spill over into real life. And I'm not looking forward to that because a lot of people, they say the things online that they can't say in person, which tells us how they feel. Now, you can feel however you want to, but it's how you act that dictates how things go. And there's a little part of me that that agrees, not agrees, but can see how the, the far left is worried that people will say the wrong things and make everyone mad and then get ra- rally up the troops and gather the pitchforks and torches, but I don't think so. I, I can see why they would, would draw that conclusion, but I think that they're discounting the fact that humans still have a conscience. We still, we still know right from wrong deep down inside, but because the media wins whenever they convince the, the consumers of media that the people they're talking about are extreme, it has created a, a negative extreme viewpoint of tribe one from the viewpoint of tribe two and tribe two from the viewpoint of tribe one, if that makes sense. It, it's created this false image of people that is not true. For instance, just because I get on here and I'm, and I make fun of vernaculars or the way people speak and I, and it's not even out of anger or hatred. It's, just, it's mainly just joking. I'm just kidding, right? But I will say some very harsh things about people like Sheila Jackson Lee and Jesse Jackson. Does that mean that I want something bad to happen to them or that I, that I hate them? No, of course not. 
And it really bothers me when you hear people say things like, oh, you're a white supremacist, you're a Nazi, you're a fascist. And I don't mean to me, no one really calls me that. But they say that to other people. And it bothers me because that's not true. Just because you say harsh things about people or a group of people doesn't mean you wish harm to them. And losing that ability, losing the fact that humans can distinguish between those two things is what is going to cause people to start acting that way. I know. That was kind of a lot of rambly gobbledygook. But basically, what I'm trying to say is, the longer you point your finger at someone and say, You're a racist! You're a racist! You're a racist! You're a racist! Someone can only say, No, I'm not! No, I'm not! No, I'm not! For so long, until they actually become one. Think about it like this. Think about if you walked into a store, your favorite grocery store, and there was a greeter there. And the greeter, every time you walked in, he goes, what's up? Why are you such an asshole? And you're like, I'm not an asshole, dude. And the next day you walk in, he's like, what's up, asshole? You're always an asshole to everyone. Eventually, you're going to be like, hey, shut the beep up. I'm not an asshole. And you're going to turn into an asshole. And that's where we're headed. That is where we're going. Unless we are willing to speak up and say our opinions. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think this country is headed for some drastic changes. I think uh, probably in the next 30 to 50 years, you'll see a lot more division. And everyone will point the finger at everyone else, and nobody will take the blame, but we're headed there. We're headed there because people are not willing to share their opinions about things because of the backlash that they get. So it's better just to keep it balled up and pent up inside until what happens? Well, enough pressure builds to blow the top off and all the steam erupts which is why i think it's important to encourage people to share their opinions even if they're unpopular because if you can if you can share your unpopular opinions while being respectful it's hard for people to disrespect you you know i see people post things on the twitter that says all republicans are fascist nazi you know fill in the blank as many times as you want to xenophobe homophobe blah 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 and I've often asked them, how many Republican friends do you have? And of course, they never answer. They don't. But some say zero, which is funny because they call themselves the party of inclusion. But my point is, if you have Republican friends, you know they're not Nazi. They're not fascist. They're not xenophobe. They're not homophobe. They're not pick the adjective of the day. They're just normal people. We're just normal people who just want to be left alone. And we want to do our jobs, and we don't want our things to get stolen, and we don't want our cars to get broken into. And we're also the kind of people that will stop and help the people who are broken down on the side of the road fix things that are broken. That's just how we do. So, yeah, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about tribalism lately. I finished the book, uh, Factfulness, that I read the quiz from last week. And it just reiterates all of my suspicions and it confirms that our worldview is derived from our outside influences. And in most people's case, that's the social media platform where they spend their time. I wish I knew some statistics because I'd like to know what percentage of people get their news from Twitter or Facebook. And I, and I don't mean like credible sources. I mean, if someone just says, 
you know, like a rumor, and it flies around, and that's that becomes a gospel. I do think it's interesting that we're we're seeing the the death of legacy media, and I, that could couldn't make me any happier. We're seeing the the people like Washington Post and New York Times and Fox News and CNN. Those are all going to die, and they're on their deathbed right now. It's not going to happen overnight. But they're on their way out, and there's nothing they can do to come back, in my opinion. But while we're on the topic of tribalism, I want to touch on something that just proves this point even more. It drives it home. And this is the stupid balloon saga. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. Everyone knows about the balloon. The balloon, the Chinese spy balloon, the white balloon. I tell you what, you know it's a slow news cycle. Whenever the only thing people are talking about is a silly balloon, okay? So I'm not going to go into all the details. You know all the details. You've been following the balloon. I'm surprised there's been no balloon tracker website. But what gets me the most about the whole balloon thing is how it instantly, there's division, and you can see it. You can see how the people say, you know, you got one group of people saying, why are we letting the balloon float across the country? Why didn't we shoot down the balloon a long time ago? Which was kind of my question, right? I thought, if if we've been watching this balloon since it was over Alaska, why are we just now shooting it? And you get the other people that are saying, well, the president did the right thing, and he waited to shoot it till it wasn't over any people. And I just think to myself, we, we are so tribal. We are so binary, ones and zeros, that we can't even make up our own mind as far as why this balloon may or may not have been shot down or could or could not have been shot down sooner or how important it is to the national security. We don't, we don't have those discussions without the influence of the, the left or the right. And that's what worries me. It worries me that we're, we're never going to get out of this rut because people, everything's turned into a religion. It's turned into a, well, if you think that they did the wrong thing by not shooting it down, then you love Biden and you hate Trump, which is hilarious to me because Trump isn't even in office. He's nowhere near office. But somehow or another, he still dominates the news cycles. Crazy how much of a brand he's built. But I don't understand why it has to become cited. Why? Do people really think that Joe Biden's making the decision of whether or not to shoot this balloon down? The guy doesn't know what day of the week it is. That is not a joke. That is a natural fact. And no, it's not a joke. I really do think he's that out of it. I think he is gone, gone, gone. This happens to people in their late 70s. Hate to tell you. Hate to break it to you. But, you know, he gets lost in the middle of sentences. Civil rights. So that's fitting we honor him in this way. What? Frederick. What? Douglass. Look. What? We have a lot to do. You see what I mean? He just forgets what he's saying mid-sentence. And I'm not saying I don't do that. I'm not I'm not saying that I'm not prone to losing my train of thought every now and then. But, you know, I'm also not the president. I'm going to touch more on Biden later. You can rest assured that. But the balloon situation just illustrated to me that in order to repress and depress the situation and the imagination of the intuition and the inclination of the American people, we must join hands and sing kumbaya, my brothers and sisters. All kidding aside, it has really shown me that there's nothing. There's nothing that's going to come up in the news cycle that 
that people will swap sides on. There, people are losing the ability of discernment and to decipher. Think about, let's just think about all the things we didn't know about the balloon whenever it showed up on the coast of Alaska or wherever it was they first saw it. We didn't know what it was carrying. We didn't know where it came from. We didn't know if it was an explosive. We didn't know what the big panels on the side were. We didn't know how how long it had been going. So does it make sense with a bunch of unknowns? And, and you know what? Maybe we did know the answers to that. Maybe the military did have all that. But let's just say that we didn't. If we didn't, is, is it a wise decision just to blow it up and shoot it down and see what falls out of the sky and whatever happens when it hits the ground happens? Or whatever, even if it's over the water of Alaska, if they've sent some radioactive materials that they hope that we shoot the balloon down so that it hits the water and just destroys our water, turns it nuclear reactive forever? No, we don't want to do that. And let's just say that they did have the intelligence and they did know what was on it. But for whatever reason, they had a reason not to shoot it down. Listen, because Biden is geriatric and his brain is is gone, we can't assume that he wants to give the upper hand to China. Now, he's got a lot of shady deals over there. He's doing a lot of business over there. But we have to assume that even though he's surrounded by people that we don't agree with politically, we have to assume that they're going to try to do the right thing for the country when they get this foreign object that's floating through the sky and they have to decide what to do with the knowns and unknowns that we don't have access to. We have to learn to say, I don't know enough to say what they should have done. Now, you could argue both sides. You can say, yes, they should have shot it down. Once they knew it was nothing but spyware, we should have shot it down and let the you know, whatever the three school bus size structure falls straight to the ground when no one was around and let it blow up. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that they knew for sure that there was nothing inside the, the box containing all the camera lenses? Or was there a chance they would have said, this is a spy balloon when they didn't really know what was in there so that people wouldn't flip out? Because if I was part of the, the top secret military group, and I saw this thing and I said, well, you know, I had all the data. I think it's a spy setup, but I'm not 100% sure. There's still a possibility that something could be inside there that could cause great harm if we let it fall to the ground and explode, even if there's no people around. Maybe it's got some radioactive gas in there that will be released. Who knows? So you don't want to tell that. that The intelligence communities, they have reasons for not putting things out there. And I'm okay. I don't think the general public has a right to know a lot of these things because most people don't understand the technical side and they don't know how to react to them. But just the the sheer division that I saw over this stupid thing, which who knows? I say stupid thing. I act like it's nothing. Maybe it's something big. Maybe they're going to release 300,000 of these balloons to come over and they are going to be filled with gas. And this was just a test run. And maybe they used their strict lockdowns as practice because maybe... They know we're going to go to war, and they wanted to teach their people how to be locked down for 60 to 90 days at a time. Who knows, right? We don't have access to that information. So because of that, I don't understand why people have such a hard time saying, well, here's my opinion. That's this just what I think. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Maybe I'm right. Maybe you're wrong. But because we don't have enough information, there's really no point in debating it. Or saying what should have been done. Or how Trump would have never let that thing fly over to the USA. He'd have blown it up 
plumb over there near a Russia. We don't know. We don't know the information. You don't even know the things you don't know. I remember I was learning how to build homes. And my first day on the job, my mentor said, listen, right now, you don't even know what you don't know. You don't know what questions to ask. You got to just pay attention and then start asking questions. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at with this thing. And I feel like there's more of this stuff that's just going to keep happening, that people have become so dug in on their sides that they will refuse to admit they don't have enough information to make a decision. And now pride is involved. Now it's just like, well, we don't want to be wrong, right? It's the people it's the people who were the, the vaccination Nazis, okay? These are the people that said, if you're not vaccinated, you shouldn't leave your home. And then come to find out, Maybe there's some issues, right? Maybe maybe we have some problems with the vaccinations, and maybe we should talk about them. Maybe we don't. We don't know. But the people became so committed to saying that everyone should get vaccinated, and they're perfectly fine, and there's nothing wrong with anyone. Those people are so hardcore dug into the dirt that they can't even admit that maybe they were wrong. At the same time, the people who were anti-vaxxers as oh wait no i didn't say that right i meant anti-vaxxers throughout the course of the pandemic are now saying we were right we told you we told you you would all die if you get that vaccination when we was right we was right we don't know but people have to take a side and that's just it's a it's a pitfall of the way things are And because of social media and because these huge media companies profit from that model, it will only keep getting worse. But that's why it takes people like you and people like me to be able to have these conversations and to be able to say, I don't know about the balloon. Who knows? We don't we don't know enough. What do we know? We we have whatever they want to give us. We're at the mercy of the information superpower. Right. If if the intelligence agencies have all this information the only way we get it is that they want us to get it how valuable of information are they going to give out here's a secret not much as joe biden would say they're not going to put any information of any value out there because that can be used against us so yeah i don't know that's my take on the balloon a week from now everyone's going to forget about the balloon balloon's going to be gone there'll be something else Something else to argue about and take sides over. Man, it's exhausting. It's exhausting just the constant division. I wish, I just wish like I have dreams of all of the people turning together and pointing their fingers at all the politicians one day. And I know that sounds like a right-wing conspiracy theorist. But that's, I'm just being straight with y'all. I'm shooting you straight from the heart. That's what I want to see. I want to see us hold them accountable, even the people that we like. You know, you hear a lot of criticism about, well, you shouldn't, Brandon, you shouldn't criticize Greg Abbott because he's the Republican governor. And and if you don't, if you criticize him, maybe Beto will win. Well, you know what? I'm here to criticize everyone. I'm here to criticize even the people that I vote for. Because if we don't, they will run amok. We have done such a piss-poor job at electing people 
that they've learned how to manipulate us into voting for them, regardless of what they do, because of how tribal we are. There's only one way to fix it, and that's just to act right. you got to be acting right. That's it. And maybe I'm just not patient enough. Maybe it'll happen, but it's something's got to break first. But I, I don't want to be patient. I don't like to be patient. Y'all don't be patient. I know. I don't be patient. Ain't nobody got time for that. So it kind of leads me into my little, next little topic here. Uh, that bullet point was entitled Tribal Balloons, in case you was wondering. Okay, in case you sit there and wonder yourself, I wonder what the notes looks like that he reads from. It says Tribal Balloons. So there you go. And for my next trick, I'm going to talk about climate change. And and it's uh it's just as a heated topic as the balloons and the balloon tribes. But this one goes back a lot farther, it's a lot deeper and people are more passionate about it and it it affects industry and government subsidies and money and retirement and the climate change argument is something that's important and I I don't know if it will ever go away. I don't ever see that it will ever end. And here's why. Because, well, let's not forget that it started in the 70s with the global cooling. And Al Gore and all these people said, we're going to, we got to change or the whole world's going to just freeze over and all the oceans are going to turn to ice and we're not going to be able to take our yachts anywhere. And then we go forward to like the mid 80s when it was like, Greenhouse gas is depleting the ozone. And then we go into the 90s where it's it's global warming, where everything's getting warmer. Okay, so look, over the course of that 25, 30 years, what happened? We went from global cooling to global warming. And now where are we? We're at climate change. Where with climate change, any direction, one way or another, is a win-win or a win situation for the people that want to support that, for the people who think that humans are causing climate change, that no matter if it goes up, we're doing it. If it goes down, we're doing it. And I guarantee you. So so the only way out of this, right, the only thing that would debunk an argument against climate change was if the temperature just stayed flat and didn't go one way or another. It just stayed flatline. At which point I suspect people would say things like, you see, because of our impact on climate, it's not able to cool back to where it was. We've had such an impact on it that it's stuck there and it won't go down or it's stuck there and it won't go up. It's it's just a big game of word twisting. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that we don't have an impact on it, but I am sitting here saying that there are entities out there that have things to gain, that there's companies out there that actually get subsidized by the government for producing green energy things. And to think that they wouldn't push that agenda is silly. To think that they're going to be honest enough to say, you know, guys, we really um, we appreciate the free money. We know that you guys want to keep making it rain on us. We know that all you guys will support us and then we'll give you your political contributions. We, we can see how the money goes, but we're not going to do that. Mainly because, you know, we're just not sure. We're not sure if humans are really having an impact on the on the environment. So let's just don't worry about that. You keep the money. We'll keep our jobs. We won't build these huge, extremely expensive businesses 
and then take money from the government and then give you your campaign. We won't do that because just because we're not sure. No, they're going to say, hey, my brother-in-law can get us this grant to start this company to import these solar panels. And it doesn't matter how much money we lose or make because the government will pay us. Who's going to turn that down? Not many people. And, and eventually, maybe they buy into the idea. Maybe they buy into the plan because there's enough data out there to convince them. And they're, they just want to help the planet. Now, I'm not saying that this is the case. I'm just saying that this could be a hypothetical situation. And because it's hypothetical that we don't know for sure that humans are causing climate change, we should not be forcing an inefficient means of energy production down the throats of the American people. But once again, people are so divided on the topic, they're not willing to accept any information. Well, except for me, of course, I am, you know. I do my research. Do you do you do your research? No, you just listen to me. Well, that's okay. I do the research. If you don't want to do your own, that's fine. But I encourage you to do your own research as well. Recently, I came across some data that showed the change of the climate on Earth over the last, I don't know, 100 billion years or whatever it was. I, it was over the last, I think, 20 or 30,000 years, which how we measured the temperature 30 the temperature 30,000 years ago is beyond me, but apparently we're all okay with saying that they could do it. No one knows how. I've yet to see how they measure the temperature and how do we prove that they're right. But either way, I think the general consensus is the temperature from like the last 150 years has gone up about 1 degree Celsius, 1.5, something like that, and that's kind of undeniable. But here's the interesting fact that I found that the average temperature of caves on the Earth is going up at a faster rate than the climate is. Now, here's what's interesting to me. If that's true, which I'm not sitting here telling you it is, but let's just say that it is true. How would the change of the climate, right? How could the change of the air create a cave that was warmer than the air? You follow me there? Okay, so you got a cave. It's made out of rock. Let's just let's just call it rocks instead of caves. Let's just say that we got these rocks, and generally over time, they've been like, let's just say 10 degrees cooler than the air. And they have a chart that shows this. It shows the relationship between the temperature of the rock and the temperature of the air. And as the temperature of the air has gone up over the last 150, 200 years, the temperature of the rock's kind of gone up with it at the same rate, right? Two, gra two lines on a graph going up and to the right with about the same space between them. Well, you go about 50 years ago, and they crossed. So the rocks now are warmer than the air. Well, what could possibly be causing that? The only thing I can think of in my knuckle-dragon primate brain is that the heat's coming from the Earth, not from the outside the Earth, right? So remember, the inside of the Earth is just a giant ball of lava. So could it be that that's heating up? and maybe causing the earth to heat up? And so could it be that that ball of lava is getting a little hotter, and so it causes our environment to be hotter, but it takes a few thousand years for it to heat the rock up, right? I don't know. I'm not a Scientologist, but I would be willing to bet that if you go to somebody who thinks that humans are changing the climate of the earth, and they get all their information from Facebook and Twitter, 
and Instagram that they would probably argue and tell me that that's wrong. And I would argue that we don't know if it's right or wrong, but we should be open to it being right. Because if you go back in history and you look at things, I mean, look at how much we figured out in 40 years. How much we figured how much we figured out since the constitution was written, right? Since our government was drafted, how far we've come. Now that's only because we're willing to admit we were wrong. And I don't mean specifically with the government. I'm just talking about things that we thought were certain. Think about how many things we used to do in the in the field of medicine that were wrong. And we are still doing things that are wrong. We will not st- stop making errors. But in order to make true progress, we have to let go of what we thought convictions were. And I think most scientists are probably good at doing this because they understand data and they know how to look at numbers and sets of data and analyze them. But the general public who doesn't make their decisions about climate change based on data, they make their decisions on climate change based on what their friends think, what the people that they follow on Instagram say, and all these other factors. So those people who are the climate change religion people, you're never going to convince them otherwise. And I think, unfortunately, that group spans from musicians, artists, politicians, doctors, any, anyone but field specialists. And I'd be willing to bet that even the, the scientists, the people who understand the data and do look at numbers, would probably still tend to side with the emotional team of well no we're not that the climate is changing that is not up for discussion and you'll see that a lot you know people people will say climate's changing that's not up for discussion which possibly it is and and i think the climate is changing but the cause of it we don't know if you look at other planets that aren't inhabited by humans they're all changing too all of them that's why it just i'm fine doing research trying to figure these things out I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is saying, You people should change the way you live because you're destroying the environment. When they don't know for sure. What I am okay with is people saying, You know what? I think that humans are destroying the environment. So I'm not going to drive a car by myself. I'm going to ride the bus. I'm going to ride my bike. And that's how I feel. But they should not tell other people to do the same thing. We shouldn't be making laws doing the same thing. We shouldn't be giving businesses subsidies doing the same thing. I mean, let's just be honest, okay? Let's just real talk here for a couple minutes. If these people who thought that flying jets and driving cars had an impact on the environment, how can they be okay with flying in a private jet? And and, and that's just, that's a legitimate question, right? If I thought that flying jets had an impact on the environment, I wouldn't fly in a jet. I would go fly commercial. Because who am I to tell other people what to do when I'm not setting an example? And I use the jet example because all of these idiots who think that they're capable of creating a group to make decisions on behalf of the world called the World Economic Forum, these idiots flew into Davos, Switzerland in their their private jets. There was like... I don't know how many, probably three or 400 jets. I heard it was the equivalent of 350,000 cars running for like 12 hours straight. It was how much emissions was created simply by these jets flying in and out of one city for one conference. 
And if they really felt that way, if they were really passionate about it, why don't they set an example? Who are you to tell some farmer in Indonesia that he can't have a diesel-powered tractor while you're trotting around the globe burning fossil fuels and your jet? You see, that's why I push back against them. That's why I tend to say, no, I, I'm not just going to believe you because I'm not sure that you're sure that that's even true. And what they don't tell you is the only way, the only way that we can have an impact, quote unquote, on the environment, quote unquote, what they don't tell you is the only way we can do that is by giving up luxuries, by giving up the things that we've worked hard to acquire, by giving up the things that we have in this country that hardly anyone else has. They want us to, to turn loose of those, but they're still flying around their jets. I mean, the, the irony in that is really what gets me riled up. And sure, maybe they can say, well, just one person doesn't have an impact. Well, then what about all your friends? What about all you people who run around screaming that we're destroying the planet? Why don't you get them on board with your agenda? Or, or do you just want to make rules that other people have to follow? Or do you want to just, just give money to businesses that you want to see thrive because you feel good inside, even though you still live your life spending hundreds of thousands of dollars per flight on your private jet going to their side of the world? That's it. That's all I'm saying. That is all I'm going to say is that we don't know if it's real. We have people who think it is but they're not willing to change their behavior and they expect other people to do so. That's weak. Yeah, sorry you family of four in Nicaragua. You must continue to share a moped. You people cannot have your own cars unless they're electric. Yes, but we cannot afford electric. Nope, too bad. You're no more internal combustion engines. So we have to keep on moped? Yes, you and your wife and your two children must ride your moped every day. Well, I fly around in my jet, okay? Because we have to save the Earth. It's all about the Earth. It's not about you and your little moped, okay? It's about the Earth and the nature of the Earth. Yes, but why Why do you fly in jet and I have to ride moped? That's not what we're talking about right now, okay? This is undeniable. The climate is changing, and we have to do something. We have to do something? Practice what you preach. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Practice what you preach. That's it. Speaking of preaching, boy, I got a good one for you. Either she homeless or she got problems. That's the only reason why she run to a black man. Many a times I've come on here and I've accused your president, Joe Byron, of lying, of being a pathological liar because he's been known to plagiarize. I've played speeches on here that he's copied word for word. And just to further reiterate my proclivity and my proclamations... I've got another clip for you, okay, right here. This is Joe Biden. Don't forget, y'all may not know this, but I was in the computers. I'm just kidding. There's only about one, maybe two people in the world who would get that joke. This guy, Mr. Plagiarism himself, ran for president in 1988. You, you probably don't remember, but that's okay. I'm telling you, he, he was going to run for president. And what happened? He got caught lying. He got caught lying, plagiarizing. And here's the news clips that I gathered from the Michael Berry Show, which is one of my all-time favorite radio shows. I'm not going to lie about that. 
And for those of you that think that I just digest it and regurgitate it, well, that's fine. That's your opinion. I don't care. I don't care what you think. But I do want to play this clip. This is from the Michael Berry Show. It's about one minute long. And this is the clips of where he got flat busted for lying. And what 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 has changed? You think he just quit lying? He just quit being a liar all of a sudden? How many lies has he told about his son dying in Iraq? It, it, the list just goes on and on. Biden may have more explaining to do. The new questions stem from With taped remarks of, of Biden during an April campaign appearance in New Hampshire. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Uh, went back to lie. law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. Uh, I was lie. the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated uh, with lie. three degrees uh, from lie. undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off... 76 in the class of 85. Just, oh, 76 in the class of 85. This whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Joe Biden was victimized by the truth. Bye-bye, Biden. He may not know it yet, but I think this is very diff- going to be very difficult for him to recover. It. Is Joe Biden dead meat, yes or no? I think so. Bob? It's in terminal condition. Terminal? Eleanor? Yes, unless he comes in third in Iowa. Morton? <laughs> Dying. I say Dead. Dead dead his memory had failed him oh i'm sorry i thought i had three degrees but i only had one i thought i was in the top of my class but i was almost in the bottom this just goes on and on you know the definition of a pathological liar is someone who just lies so much that they've convinced themselves that it's true and then they become so good at lying that that's just what they do around every corner and do you hear his reaction Whenever he was questioned about lying, I'll tell you what, I'd take you an IQ test right now and we'll see who's better. Really? Because I tell you what, Mr. Joe Byron, I would take an IQ test and put my score against yours for my entire net worth. I would even go leverage it. I would go borrow every dime I could possibly borrow and take that bet. And if you don't if you don't believe me, you don't know me. That's all there is to it. Just another typical government. Government employee, lifetime government worker, really, is all he is, right? I mean, the guy spent 50 years, 50 years in politics, never had a real job. What is he a specialist about? What is he? What could he tell me more of that, than I could tell him? Like, what, what could he educate me on? The only thing that he could beat me on is like the, the backhanded, under-the-table way of getting things done in Washington, D.C., Maybe some political procedures, right? Some some order of operations when it comes to how how bills get handled, right? He, he might be able to take me on that, but I guarantee you. Well, you know what? He from from raising his son, he could probably tell me some things like how to how to accurately launder money, and how to you know hide your crack pipes so they don't get left in the rental cars and you take. There are some things he could probably educate me on. 
but I would still be willing to bet the farm. I'm legally blind. I can see barely. I'm legally blind. I can see barely. Y'all remember Borat? I got to give me some Borat clips. That, thanks for reminding me. All right. Last topic of the day. Then I'm going to go cook. You know what I'm fixing to cook? I'm fixing. If y'all aren't from the South, you don't know about the word fixing. That means that we're about to. You know what I'm fixing to go cook? A big old thing of fried rice, which big old is another thing we say in the South, which means a lot of. So I'm about to go prepare a large order of fried rice that will last me all week long. I got one of those big outdoor griddles. I don't know what they're called, the Blackstone, but I got the generic version. And I cooked some rice, and it's in the fridge. And I got some pork belly. I'm going to make some fried rice. I'm going to eat on it for a week. But before that, my last topic. I always bitch and moan and complain and whine about how inefficient the government is. And unless you conduct business in a way that requires the government's involvement, you probably don't have the same quantity of experiences as someone, let's say, like a small business owner or someone who works in a highly regulated industry. In my case, I'm a small business owner, and I work in a highly regulated industry. So I've got a lot of government interaction. We make beer for a living, which, for whatever reason, we're all okay with the federal government controlling beer just because it has alcohol. I mean, God forbid we make beer without a license, right? The license, all newsflash, all the licenses is a way to capture tax revenue. That's all it really is. Any license for anything other than highly technical skilled jobs like flying airplanes, all the licenses is a way to keep tabs on people and collect tax revenue. But I've got an example for you of how pathetic the government is. This is, it is a nightmare anytime I have to do business with them or get information from them or inquire about something or go to one of their websites. Listen, I'm not joking. I have about six government websites that I deal with on a regular basis. And when I use them, I dread it. I put it off for days. I hate it because they're so clunky. Half the time, and I'm not joking, not a joke, half the time, they don't work. They can't load. They're down for maintenance. And so I feel like it's my job because I, I bitch about the government and how inefficient they are so much. I feel like it's my responsibility to bring examples and and tell you whenever I see these things that have helped me formulate my own opinions over the last 43 years of my life. And so I've got an update. I got a, I got an example for you. One of the things we have to do as a, as a retail small business owner is pay sales tax. That's the 8.25% that you get gouged for every time you buy something. Every time you, you purchase something, the government feels like they need a cut of that. It's like the mafia. It is no different than the mafia. If you don't do it, they'll come for you. They just won't burn down your building, but they'll lock it up. So the way that sales tax works is that the employer or the, the retail establishment owner collects it. And then after the month's over, they have to hand it over to the government. Now, luckily, we're in a, a point in time where websites can help you do this if they work. Okay, So the way that it works is that I run all my sales and my computer system tells me, hey, you collected this much money in taxes. You got to pay this much. And so I go to the, 
the website through the state of Texas, and I paid online. But it's not they don't take a credit card. You got to do an ACH transfer. So you got to type in your bank account number and your routing number into their website so they they can suck the money out. Now that's not a huge deal. It's not okay. It's not that big of a deal. ACH is an old clunky technology that we've been using for 50 years. It's pretty solid. Unless someone types in a number wrong, which it would make sense for them to store your bank account number and your routing number so that you didn't have to type in like a nine-digit number and an 11-digit number every time. Well, they don't do that. That must be because their website isn't secure enough, so they don't want to store it. They're worried about it getting breached. So after the month ended of December, I go through in January 1st. Normally is when I do it. First or second, I know exactly how much I'm going to owe, and I pay it. I have up till the 15th, but I pay it early because I want to be done. So I went and paid it on whatever the first weekday of January was, paid for December. And then I get an email. It says your payment was processed, just like I always do. And I deleted it, and I said, okay, payment was processed. We're good to go. Well, then I get a letter in the mail this week from the Texas whoever, the the what is the state comptroller office. I don't know. It's spelled comptroller, but we're supposed to say controller. I don't know how we ended up here, but this is the dumbest thing ever. So the state controller sent me a letter that says, you didn't pay your sales tax in January, but you told us how much money you took in, but you didn't pay for it. Well, I go back to the website and I pull it up. There it is. This is how much I paid. This is the date it was processed, right there, processed. So I go back and I look at my bank account and think to myself, well, maybe it didn't come out of the bank account. And I look, sure enough, the money didn't come out of the bank account. All right, so now what? So now I know that something happened between the time that I entered all of my bank account information and the time I got the letter, it didn't go through. So there's no way to go back and look and see it, any of the numbers you entered or anything like that. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to call them. I want to call them because I want to hear them say what I predicted they would say. And I was right. So I called them. And I was on hold for like 14 minutes, maybe 15. And then I get a lady on the phone. And the lady tells me, I say, hey, look, here's the deal. You guys sent me a letter, told me I didn't pay my taxes. I got your website right here, a screenshot of it, saying that it was processed. Mm-hmm, yeah, but that don't mean it went through. And I go, well, what does processed means? It means that it processed the payment on our end. Okay, uh, so how would I know if it doesn't go through? You have to check your own bank account. I know I, I did that, but so you're telling me that the fact that it says processed and the fact that I got an email saying that my payment was processed isn't good enough that I need to go online the day after and check my bank account to make sure it was, in fact, processed? Mm-hmm. Processed just means that we took it in. And I go, and you guys don't have anything in place to send out an automatic email saying, hey, you said you entered your payment. We took it in, but it didn't go through. You guys, there's nothing like that in place? Mm-mm. No, sir. You got to do it on your own. Okay. Thanks for your help. Have a good day. And I just sat there in silence with my eyes closed as I took deep breaths and counted to 10. And I thought to myself, how can anyone 
regardless of their political affiliation, regardless of how much they hate Trump, regardless of how much they love Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and how much they think that those are the best two people that could possibly rule the country, how could they think that we need more of this? That we need more government in control of things, whatever these things are, that we need to put them in charge of things. Because name one thing they do well. Besides waste money and time, they're the best at that. They suck at everything they do. I'm not joking. Not a joke. The worst websites, the worst customer service, the worst ways of communicating, the worst auto-generated Texas Workforce Commission unemployment correspondence that takes 18 months to get letters from. It's the worst. There is nobody who is worse than the government. Why are we okay with this? I don't know. You tell me. Why don't we push back? Why don't we say, hey, we want good service. We demand good service. You know what the response will be? We just can't afford it. We take our tax dollars and we use them the best we can. And if we can only return letters every 18 months, then that's all we can do. No, that's not acceptable. Fire the people that are slugs and get them out of there. And let's run this thing like a well-oiled machine. But we can't We can't do that. We just want to give more power to the government. Let them control health care. Let them control marijuana. Let them control everything they possibly can. And then what? What happens after that? What happens when the government controls everything? It's called a socialist country, and life sucks. Everyone lives in the same-looking house. Everyone drives the same-looking car. Everyone eats the same food. Everyone gets the same health care. Everyone wears the same jewelry. And we could all just be little lemmings going through life, grateful that the government's looking out for us. And I know that sounds extreme. It sounds like I'm... Being a right-wing conspiracy theorist. But that's where we're headed. Because the government doesn't give up power. They don't give up control. They just take more of it. And more of it. And more of it. And they can't even manage a website. You, you know what? Talk to anybody. Talk to the moms of the households that tried to get health care through the Obamacare.gov, whatever website. How much of a debacle that was how many hours were wasted on a program that they can't they can't even run a website for when was the last time you were on a government website and thought man this is nice right i mean assuming you pay attention to how well the websites run that you use which i can't imagine people saying well i never even thought about how good a website is sometimes it's maybe good or bad and i don't even know the difference well then you don't count in this vote but maybe you should start paying attention to it and that's it. That is all I'm going to say. You know you know where I stand about the government and websites. I don't need to keep reiterating it. But I do feel the need to bring examples. So that's the example. They couldn't tell me if the payment was processed or what went wrong or what I typed in wrong or nothing. Couldn't even create an auto-generated email to let me know the payment didn't go through. That's how bad off we are. And the, and the politicians want to brag about just getting stuff done. I'm going to just go over there to Washington, D.C. I'm going to just get stuff done. Let's fix the problems we have before we just get stuff done. All right, that is going to wrap it up. My rant is over. I feel like today was extra ranty. I don't know, but I could be wrong. I do appreciate you listening to Life in Paradox podcast. I'm going to go cook me some flight lice and look for more balloons in the sky. 
I do hope everyone has a great week. I'd like you to go out there. Don't be tribal. Question everything everyone tells you about everything. Do your own research. Do not lie like our president always lies. Don't shove your opinion down people's throats. And don't hold your mouth wide open and let anyone shove their opinion down your throats. Specifically, the federal government. Thanks again for listening. Oh, you know what? Dang it. I I forgot at the intro. Go out there and go to worldsbesthammocks.com. Buy yourself a real fine hammock. You deserve it. Worldsbesthammocks.com. Literally the best hammocks in the world. Thanks again for listening. Do not vote for Joe Biden. A singer in a smoky room. A smell of wine and cheap perfume. For a smile they can share the night. It goes on.